Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. America. I am not a number. I am a free man. Wiggins America. The only thing I'm going to need from you guys right now is a cup of coffee. Wiggins. Today's global economy waits for no man. America. Today's global business climate is like, whatever, dude. Politics is a dirty game. I'm not sure we want to play. There are forces here at work that you couldn't possibly understand. You have no idea how high up this goes. Welcome to Wiggins America. Welcome back to Wiggins America, beginning of the second hour of the show. It's been a theme of this weekend. We've been talking about how green energy, even if it's well-intentioned, it seems to be taking the wrong path to get to its goals. Uh, Here to talk about that is the Epic Times' Kevin Stockland. Kevin, we've talked to you before about a couple different topics, but you just wrote about this electric vehicle revolution that's happening in the United States. Thanks for being here. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. So I guess the first question I'll ask is is a big one, and then we can kind of narrow it down from there. Why does the government need to be involved in electric vehicles? Yeah, you know, uh, this is a, a government industrial policy, and it's something that the United States historically has stayed out of. The private sector has been separate from the government. But the Biden administration feels that we are um, at such an uh, what they call an existential threat from global warming that they need to come in and direct our industrial policy, tell car makers effectively what kind of cars they can make, consumers what kind of cars they should buy. And it goes beyond that to our electric grid, gas stoves, um, home heating, things like this. Your report is talking about how there's $48,000 in basically socialized costs that go in to an electric vehicle. I've been talking about this morning, and I guess kind of themed around this whole thing, we've been talking about it elsewhere too, is this idea that to make green energy happen, uh, it seems to be on the backs of everybody else. Like, yeah, yeah, you, you can't just do this by yourself. You have to do this with other people's money. 
Right. So there's a, a very detailed report that uh, came out from the Texas Public Policy Foundation, um, and they said that your average EV price now is around $53,000, but there's an additional more than $48,000 of what they call socialized costs that the rest of us all chip into every EV that's purchased. And this comes in the form uh, not only of federal subsidies that pay buyers to go out and buy these cars, um, but all sorts of federal subsidies to car makers to build these plants, uh, various transfers that um, manufacturers of gas cars have to pay to EV makers to comply with CAFE standards. Um, and then, in addition, there's the huge expense that the electric uh, companies are spending on building out the grid and building charging stations. All of that gets passed on not to the driver or the owner of the EV, but to all consumers in the form of higher electric bills. Kevin, I think this topic in particular about electric vehicles and the subsidies and things bothers me more than others, simply because uh, I don't consider myself a rich person. I don't consider myself poor. But regardless, whether you're rich, poor, or even in the middle, hopefully most of us are at least in the middle, you're going to pay for people to get electric vehicles, which means that the poor and the middle class are subsidizing rich people buying nice cars, right? Well, the average income of an EV buyer is a little bit more than $150,000. Um, so that this is effectively a wealth transfer from all Americans, and the average American's income is well below $150,000 to the wealthy. The typical EV buyer is either uh, you know living in a suburb outside the city; they can charge these things in their garage, um, you know. But it tends to be a very wealthy person, and they're getting a lot of money from the rest of the country. So who is actually making this money? Is it the big company? Is it Tesla? Is it these big companies that are benefiting from all these government subsidies? Well, Tesla's getting more than a billion dollars a year transferred to it from other car makers to comply with these CAFE standards. Um, and that ultimately is paid by everyone who buys a gas-fired car. Interestingly, I think the car makers are setting themselves up for a big fall jumping into this market. I don't think the consumer demand is there. And we're seeing a lot of backpedaling by Ford and GM in terms of not uh, you know, backpedaling on construction of, of the uh, EV construction plants. I think who's really going to make out like bandits out of this is going to be the electric utilities because we're pushing our transportation onto the electric grid. They're having to build out all this new infrastructure, all these charging stations, um, and they are passing those costs on to the consumers and profiting from, from all of that construction. That's the only industry that I see coming out ahead of this. I think car makers are probably going to get hammered. You know, I, I mean, making this a political issue, it, it seems like people who are blue Democrat voters tend to like this more than Republicans, of course, um, because they feel like they're making an impact, of course. But isn't it harder for people in cities to even have electric vehicles because it's harder to find a place to plug it in? You know, if, if you have a garage, if you're living in the suburbs and you have a garage, it's easier to charge your car than if you're living in the city and you're, you're trying to find parking, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you're living in a row house or an apartment, I mean, how are you possibly going to charge this this thing? So, uh, you know, it really is for people that own houses and garages. 
Um, you know, that, that's kind of, and that, that travel short distances, that's really who this product is for. But, you know, it's a niche market. It's, it's generally, you know, between 7 and 10% of the auto market. And the fact of the matter is, if it gets much bigger than that, our electric grid is just not physically capable of charging, of taking on this amount of demand. Your average EV takes about two and a half times as much electricity as your home heating and air conditioning unit, which is generating peak demand in the summertime. You're talking about adding multiples of that onto the grid. There's just no way that that, that our national grid can, can handle this sort of demand. Kevin Stockland of the Epic Times with us right now. You've written about this topic. Do you think that we... We can get to an electric vehicle world if we kind of like let the market take care of itself. Does the market want to go there, in your opinion? Well, you know, there was just a letter written by 3,800 car dealers to President Biden saying that they are getting these vehicles backed up on their lots. They can't sell them. This Mm. is a catastrophe for them. And stop pushing this nonsense onto the public. They, They do not want these vehicles. They don't trust them. And they're just not selling. So, you know, for, for the best laid plans of the government uh, and, and government officials and Michael Bloomberg and whoever else is supporting this, uh, consumers just don't seem to be on board with it. You know, last question for you, really, as far as the electric vehicles goes, are, are EVs the best option for reducing CO2 emissions? Because that's what they're billed at and that's why they're pushing them. But they, are they even the best at doing that? Right. So tellingly, the EPA mandates, which are trying to force automakers, only measure emissions at the tailpipe. So they do not take into account anything that goes into manufacturing these things. In order to dig up all the the, uh, cobalt and the lithium and everything else and the strip mining that goes into creating these and then shipping it off to China to be refined, to be shipped back to the U.S., by the time you go through all this, um, you are not reducing carbon emissions by building an EV. It takes so much CO2 to actually create these things that you will have to drive them for an average of six to ten years to even break in with break even with a, a, an internal combustion engine car. The best way to reduce emissions, if you want to do that, go out and buy a hybrid. Kevin, I really appreciate your research and your writing on this topic. I, I want to give you a chance before we run out of time here to talk about your documentary called The Shadow State. Uh, what's it about? You know, Why did you do it? Where do people find it? Yeah, well, it's a look under the hood of the ESG industry, and this is a kind of a new partnership between uh, the private sector, mostly Wall Street, and the government to push the climate agenda, also um, gender and, and, and racial equity and, and all the other uh, progressive goals. So it's really a look at how that industry works and how it affects our lives and some things that are being done to push back against it. The Shadow State by Kevin Stockland. If you want to check that out, check it out. I'm sure you can type it in right now and find it in whatever search engine you're using. Kevin, appreciate your work on this and appreciate your time this weekend. Thanks again. You bet. Take care. All right. We will talk to you again soon, and we will continue this discussion. Seems like a theme we've been talking about this weekend with green energy. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. V's there with Kevin Stockland. We'll talk about this more. We'll be right back. More Wiggins America. Great talking to Kevin Stockland just now from the Epic Times about the EV movement, the electric vehicle movement. There's an article that I didn't get to bring up with him that I wanted to, but uh, I felt like the conversation wasn't really going there. But I wanted to bring this up because the headline sounds very, very nice. And if you're like me, you read these headlines and you go, well, that sounds good. But when you do some critical thinking, you go, wait a minute, this isn't exactly what it's billed as. I'll read it to you. It may seem small now, but it's a huge step. Detroit has the country's first public road that charges your electric vehicle as you drive. Now, when I first read that, I thought, that's fantastic. Because part of the problem with the electric vehicles, I mean, we just talked about a whole bunch of them with Kevin, but part of the problem is that you can't go far with these things. And as the technology improves, that will change. But you have to stop. You have to charge. And to fill up your gas tank, it takes, what, maybe 60 seconds? To charge an electric vehicle to go just as far, it can take up to a half an hour or more. And that depends on how many people are using the grid at any given time because it fluctuates. With gas, it doesn't. So when I read this, I say, oh, man, that's kind of a solution to that problem, at least, among the other things. That's a solution to that problem. And I'm not against electric vehicles. That's the thing. I'm not against any of these technologies at all. You just have to let them develop naturally and not push them artificially. Detroit took a step into the future Wednesday as officials unveiled the country's first stretch of wireless charging public roadway located near Michigan Central Station, which will soon be an electric vehicle innovation hub for Ford. In Corktown, the one-block stretch along the 14th Street will allow EV drivers to charge their cars simply by driving over the roadway. Now, again, that sounds fantastic. If you own an electric vehicle, to be able to charge it while you drive, is that the way of the future? I don't know. But guess where it's coming from? Again, your tax money, if you live in Detroit, is paying for this. This isn't the private economy moving forward with something as it should be because that's the way it's sustainable. Keyword here, sustainable. If the government's pushing it and they're taking your money to do it, it's probably not going to work. 
because the market is not demanding it yet. The government, the people in the power are demanding it, not the market. That is a problem. All right. Now, before we run out of time here, I want to have Trisha coming in in just a few minutes, of course. Again, uh, we'll talk about some Christmas stuff. But before she comes in, let's talk to the man who knows everything. The man who knows everything. Man who knows everything, it is great to have you here. Thanks for having me on, Ryan. So, as usual, I will bring you in here and I will try to stump you because you apparently know everything. But do you know this? Scams are on the rise when it comes to holiday shopping. And I personally succumb to one of those scams. I know you probably can't believe it as smart as I am. I fell for a fake website. I went to a fake Big Lots website and bought a bunch of stuff on that website. And it was all a fraud to get your credit card number, which I totally did give to them and then had to cancel that card. (laughs) Uh, it, It did happen. It did happen. I'm not running from it. Uh, But here is how to spot a scam. According to CBS News, they say, look out for these telltale signs that an email or a call appears to be coming from Amazon or other legitimate businesses, the work of a scam artist trying to dupe you. Now, that's not necessarily the way I got duped. I clicked on a Facebook ad that looked legit that took me to a site that looked exactly like Big Lots, and it was not. It says, first, if somebody is asking you for money, scammers will insist that they be paid in order to resolve a customer account issue. Usually, this looks like a fake email from Amazon. I've gotten these personally. Uh, Amazon says, though, it will never ask that members pay them in this kind of scenario. They say, we will never do that. We will never ask for that. A spokesperson for Amazon said. Another way is gift cards. Scammers often insist that being paid with gift cards... Uh, because their details are easy to share, easy to redeem, and hard to trace. So be careful if you're asked to share or buy a gift card for somebody, even if it's somebody who looks like they might be somebody you know. Facebook does this a lot, man. I've just got one of these earlier today from somebody that I went to grade school with and barely see ever after that. You know it's one of those random people. You go, why is this person that I haven't seen in 15 years asking me for money all of a sudden? And I just immediately respond with, hey, can I give you some money? (laughs) Just because I think it's funny. Uh, The other ones are wait to respond. So if you're on the receiving end of an unexpected communication from a company that you think maybe you did buy something from, don't necessarily respond right away. Wait and see. And if you need to, go verify it at the source, not through the email. And the last one is report that fraud. Reporting fraud allows Amazon, among others, to investigate incidents and hold bad actors accountable. I reported my scam on Facebook. I don't know if they did anything about it. I should go look and see if that ad's still up. But they are still sending me emails. I guess they're trying to fish and get more info out of me, especially now that I canceled the card. They immediately, when I did that, they immediately spent a dollar at a Casey's gas station to verify that the card was real. And then I shut it down before they were able to buy anything else. But it was like fast, man. This was an incredible operation. So all of those are ways you can stop yourself from being a victim of fraud. Man who knows everything. Did you know that? Yes. Dang it. How about this one, man who knows everything? Kraft's new mac and cheese is ditching the cheese and going vegan. For the first time ever, the household staple is going plant-based with a new version of the box favorite that contains a dairy-free alternative to its signature cheese. 
It's called Kraft, not mac and cheese, and will soon roll out on grocery store shelves in two flavors, original and white cheddar with shells. White cheddar kind of hit and miss. Some of those are really good and some of them are terrible. Each priced at $3.50 per box, as opposed to, what are they now? Before the pandemic and everything, before inflation, they were like 79 cents, maybe 99 cents. I bet they're about a buck fifty now. Kraft partners with Notco, a company that makes plant-based foods, to create the new mac and cheese alternative, which in response to growing is in response to a growing hunger for better for you products from American consumers. I like that trend myself. Uh, you got to pay for it though. That's one thing for sure. I actually didn't know that cheese was not vegan. I guess anything that comes from an animal would would be not vegan. And cheese comes from an animal. I thought that would be fine, uh, but apparently not. Kraft, not mac and cheese, will uh, roll out to grocery store shelves very, very soon. My question for you, man who knows everything, is did you know that Kraft mac and cheese actually had cheese in it to begin with? Of course I knew that. <laughs> of course you did. The man who knows everything. All right, last one for you, man who knows everything. Reuters is reporting that the Democratic Party has no plan B if President Joe Biden decided for any reason to halt his 2024 re-election campaign and a sudden need to replace him as its standard bearer would spark a messy intra-party battle. This is coming from Reuters, so this isn't from Breitbart, this isn't from Fox News, Uh, this is from a national syndicated news source. Despite weak poll numbers and questions, including some from Democrats about his age, Biden has stuck to his plan to seek a second term after clearing the field of serious Democrat primary challengers when he announced in April that he was running again. Now, my assertion is still that Biden is going to be the candidate. I know a lot of people don't believe that. And the more I see stories like this, I've seen more this week, I think, in the, than the, in the entire campaign. I don't know if there's a collective push or if it's just gaining traction because, you know, there's not as much uh, to talk about in terms of hard news. And sometimes then opinions become hard news. Uh, but this looks like that to me. Reuters, though, reporting that the Democrat Party has no plan B if President Joe Biden decided for any reason to halt his 2024 re-election campaign, even in light of Newsom and the debate from Thursday night. Man who knows everything, did you know that uh, the Democrat Party has no plan B? Yes, I knew that. Ah, I think I got you. You know why? Because that's subjective. That's subjective, man who knows everything. Did you know that? Yes, I knew that. Ah! The man who knows everything. We'll take a short break. Trisha's going to come into studio, and I've got some terms that are floating around the media constantly. Uh, so we're going to talk about our read through the Bible plan since we're getting close to the year, end of the year. But we're also going to talk about what is a Semite? What is a Jew? Where do these words come from? How did they come about? Are we using them? After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours. The energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, 
They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Properly now? I just find the history of words interesting. We'll talk about that with Trisha next. Well, it's the beginning of December. It's not quite the end of the year, so I typically save the end of the year things for the end of the year. Although I'm a hypocrite because I think last year I did a best of like right now. <laughs> it was it was like I just gave up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know what? We're gonna do a best of at the beginning of December because everybody else does at the end of December. Look at me being different. And now I'm like, that's so stupid. I would never do that. Um, I was gonna ask you <clears throat> something we talked about at the very beginning of this calendar year. How you're doing? On your Read Through the Bible in a Year campaign. I am doing exactly how I was the last time we talked about it. Which was uh, March? Yep. Sure. You haven't moved? I haven't moved. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no. Have you ever I'll... gotten out of Genesis? No. I got... That is a tough read in my defense. I will pull out my Bible and I will leaf through and I will read passages. But as far as reading straight through... <sighs> As of this point, I have failed. I will tell you that at the beginning of the year when we were talking about this, I said, why don't you start in the New Testament uh-huh. and then yeah, you work did. your way through I said, get no, that's not how I want to do this. I want to nope. go all the way through. I am de- determined to do this. In your defense, the Old Testament is tough to get through, especially the first five but Genesis is the most interesting of the first right. five, and you, you didn't quite make uh-huh. it through no. that. I think I need probably if I if I really want to complete this, I need some kind of kids' version of the Bible. It's just a lot of big words. No, so there's there's different ways to do if you're trying to genuinely read through the whole Bible in a year. There are programs and apps and little like bookmarks that'll line out every passage you need to read every day, and they're not in order. So you read, you know, something from mm-hmm. Psalms, something from Samuel, and something from Matthew in the first day. And then the second day, it jumps you around. So you end up reading the whole Bible in a year. And I don't know if that would be helpful. Maybe. That might be 2024. Okay. Because 2023 just, like, hard stopped. <laughs> I know. I I knew yep. that you had. Yep. I just didn't know if you ever went any further. But God understands. We talked about it. He knows I'm trying. Okay. Okay. So. Um, I'm just here to be an accountability partner then. Uh Where have you been for the past six months? (laughs) Yeah, good question. (laughs) I'm not your conscience. I'm not the Holy Spirit. (laughs) I'm just a friend. And I I will say that I have maintained, I stopped, I jump around between books a lot. And so I'll read other books. And if I get really involved in another book, I will stop reading the Bible, which I I, don't intend to do. I I intend to have that as part of my reading at any given moment. So I have kept it going. And I will say I'm in First Kings right now, which is about a third of the way through the whole Bible. I've read through the whole thing before, but what's been crazy is that as this whole war in Israel has been breaking out since the beginning of October, I've been reading all these sort of wars that have been, been first to Samuel through now <clears throat> and before that, actually. Judges, actually, is probably even a better example of that that these factions, Palestinians and Israelis, have been fighting for thousands and thousands of years. And it's really remarkable that it's still so relevant. I mean, you're, you're reading the exact same things happening, mm-hmm. but with missiles. 
now. You know, it is, the mm-hmm. te- technology is completely different. The world is very different. It is the same war. Yeah. It's crazy to be reading that and watching it happen at the same time. And when you get into David, that it kind of slows down because David and Saul are the eventual first kings of Israel, and they're fighting against each other a lot. So the story changes there for at least a generation or so with Solomon too. But for the most part, especially with judges and now into kings, man, it is back and forth, and it is the same groups. It's the same nation, the same lineage of people. And I looked up, I, I didn't know if you'd be interested in this, some of the terminology that we keep seeing now. And some of this I already knew and some of it I didn't, but I looked it up to make sure that I was you know, remembering right what I did know and looking up what I didn't. But the term anti-Semite, we keep seeing that word. Have you ever wondered where it comes from? Sure. So Semite, anti-Semite would be against, like, the way we use it is you're against Jews simply because they're Jews. Uh, Semite, though, comes from Shemite, which is Shem is one of the sons of Noah. And so Shem, Ham, and Japheth are the three sons of Noah. Well, Shem settled in the Middle East, where Israel is today, and really where the entire Arab world is. So if you want to be really accurate with it, you wouldn't be part of Palestine or Hamas and be an anti-Semite because you are a Semite. (laughs) But that's not the way we use the term now, Mm -hmm. understandably. But isn't that weird that yeah. they, they have just taken Shem, which is a huge area as far as like where Shem would have settled after the flood, and said, no, that just applies to Israel, when really it's the entire Arab world. Um, Hebrew. We don't use this term anymore, but it's a traditional term for Jews. Mm-hmm. That just means people who settled in the Hebron Valley. It's very, very simple. That, that one's actually one of the more accurate ones because it's so old, but we don't really use it now. Jew. I did not have any idea where the term Jew came Mm -mm. from. Looked it up. It derives from the tribe of Judah, as in you are a Jew of Judah, which means that not all Jews are Jews. As in, like, if you only one twelfth of Jews derive from the tribe of Judah, the rest of them are for the other tribes of Israel. So to say you're a Jew means I am of the tribe of Judah when a lot of Jews are probably from the other 11 tribes. Mm -hmm. So also, like, historically inaccurate, although you know exactly what it means today. Israeli. Resident or citizen of Israel. Yeah. That's the most accurate. on my own. Yeah. Israelite. We don't really use this one as much because it's not quite as uh, the same as Israeli. Israelite means that you are derived from, you are a descendant of Israel slash Jacob, who comes from Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Jacob was renamed Israel, and then you are a son of Israel. So either one of those would be accurate. But they're, those Israel, Israelite and Israeli are probably the most accurate as far as the way like we use the terms now versus Jew and Semite, which are much broader and more specific both interesting yeah i, I just is. find it interesting mm-hmm. yeah it's and good i wanted to, to bounce it context. off of somebody yeah what about good. a couple of christmas terms too that i just started doing this and i'm like well what about this word <laughs> <laughs> how about yuletide yuletide Take a guess. carols i have no idea yuletide comes from the word jewel originally which is like germanic word that means winter slash festival winter festival and tide just means time so winter time 
That's really all oh, it means, or Christmas well, time. It's pretty straightforward. How about Noel? Mm-hmm. I have no idea. Yeah, it's it's actually pretty boring. Uh, it comes from a Latin word that sounds similar to Noel. It just means birth of the Lord announcement. Oh, wow. Just next time you hear him in Christmas carols, you're not really going to hear the word Semite in a Christmas carol, but you know some of those you'll hear if you switch over to KZK. Uh, thank you, Trisha. Well, thank you for having me, and thank you for teaching me some things. <laughs> well, hopefully somebody got something out of that. I just find it interesting, and I needed somebody to bounce it off of, so I wasn't just in here echo chambering. Thanks. All right, we'll be right back. More Wings America. Man, I had a very emotional weekend last weekend. So the Thanksgiving holiday, I actually traveled down with my son, just me and him, to Gulf Shores, Alabama for a national soccer tournament. We've qualified for this tournament. My son is nine, by the way. Um, We've qualified for this tournament three years in a row. And the first day is just seeding, where you play a bunch of teams to figure out where you're going to be in the bracket. And the second day we've never won a game. So the the second day is the point of the tournament, and we've never won a single game. So I went into this tournament, honestly, kind of praying, and that may sound ridiculous about a tournament like this, but I was praying for my son to have a really good, memorable tournament. I I think I even was using the word, can he he just have like a, a hero moment, you know? And the reason for that is that So when he was younger, he was really good. He was one of the best players on the field all the time. As he's gotten older and as the other kids have gotten older with him, um, it's clear that he has very, very good instincts and strategizes really well, but he can't, he's not quite got the soccer skills that the other kids have had. He's still a very good athlete, so he can play with them, but he's just not quite like in that top tier of players anymore. Uh, and I, I say that, and I feel stupid saying it because he's playing a super high level of select soccer, but he's just not like the top player on the team anymore. Players, um, he's still there, he's still around, he's still a key player, but he's not what I was hoping to see. And I, this is something that I, as a dad, have never experienced before. Obviously, I've experienced it myself, where I've disappointed myself or not quite been at the level that I wanted to be, and you learn to deal with it within your own capabilities but I've never had to watch my kid go through this is the first time I mean he's my oldest son my my daughter is the same age because they're twins but he's the first and and she's not quite as competitive as he is in fact not even close she's more of an artist Um, but he is incredibly competitive he's just got that drive to constantly win and so he figures out ways to win and that's kind of like his best characteristic at least on the field, and maybe even in life, that he's he's just wants to win. And um, so if he's not able to, he tries to figure out a way to win. And I, I you know, I, I'm kind of that way in a lot of ways, so I respect that. And it's it's weird seeing your own characteristics in your kids because they reflect back and you go, oh, some of these I like, and others I'm like, oh, maybe that's not something I should be cultivating as much. But anyway, all that to say that when I was gone for Thanksgiving – at this tournament in Gulf Shores, you know, this is a big national tournament. There's people from all over the country. I think we played teams from, I'm going to miss a few, but Ohio, California, Texas, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Louisiana, Florida, and probably somewhere else, uh, Kentucky. So we played teams from all over the country, Indiana. 
And uh, you just say, like, well, we're playing California next. We're playing Indiana next or whatever. And we won our first game, and that was a huge accomplishment. <clears throat> but the team was not very good. Uh, we were really surprised. They were very low-seeded. So we were, I should say, high-seeded. So we, we were kind of confident that we were going to win that game. We did well in our seeding uh, portion. So we did win that game, came out, won the second game. Now we're starting to go, oh, my gosh, I can't believe it. We've really accomplished something now. First time ever we've won one game, let alone two. We get to the third game, and again, my, my the prayer of my heart is, God, please give my son something to remember here, and me too. And my, my parents were actually there too for the first time they came to this tournament. And I uh, I was just kind of – I just kept praying that. Give me something to remember here and give him something because who knows what his future with the sport is. This, this may be it, you know. Maybe not, but this may be it. There is no soccer team in his high, in his high school, and we recognize that. So we go, well, I don't know what the future is here. And <laughs> I have to laugh sometimes because what really is the future for any of these kids? Is it college? Maybe. I mean, at best, you're not going to probably play pro. <laughs> so uh, it's funny, like the hopes and dreams that you cast upon your kid, and you go, well, where exactly are we going here? You know, maybe I should let my hands off the steering wheel a little bit. Um, but we get past that second game, the third game. Well, he had scored a couple goals. He'd only scored one goal the whole first day. Well, the second day, he had already scored three in the first game. Like I said, that game was pretty easy. But in the four, or in the third, uh, we were winning seven to three. The other came, team came back tied at seven, seven. And then my son scores the go ahead goal. And at that moment, I thought, I, it, my prayer's been answered. <laughs> like, this is amazing. And then they went on to score one more and win that game. And I thought, that's it. Thank you, God. You have answered my prayer. My son, I prayed for that hero moment. Well, he got the go-ahead goal in the third game. I can't believe it. So we went on to play the championship game. And in that championship game, you know, I thought, it's okay. Whatever happens now, I that moment <clears throat> that I was asking for was achieved. And, and I, f- I feel great. And he felt good. Well, we were down 0-3 at half. And then my son scores the first goal for us. So it was one to three. Then somebody else, another kid scores another goal. And it's two to three. All of a sudden we're going, uh oh, we're in this game. And my son scores the game tying goal. At this point, I'm actually starting to tear up. And so we go into overtime and uh, we won. We won the championship. We won the national championship this weekend, uh, at least our, our portion of it, the bracket. And uh, I. I've never seen so many grown men te- tearing up all at the same time I'm doing it right now. It it was such an emotional moment, and I, I've been so drained emotionally all week in the best way possible. You know, this is the kind of stuff that was we just couldn't believe it. Uh, like I said, we went into this never having won a single game in the in the tournament bracket part, and we won the whole thing. And <clears throat> I just. Uh, I'm sort of like, I want to keep reliving it. <laughs> I think that's why I'm talking about it right now, because it was such an incredible moment. Um, but I also just sort of am sharing that because I'm so grateful. And hey, I mean, this was Thanksgiving. No, no better time to talk about that, right? How grateful I was that I understood. I, and I, I think I still am grappling with the idea that God doesn't always answer those prayers. That, or if he does, I shouldn't say he doesn't answer him. Sometimes he says no. Uh, it's not part of the plan, you know? So, and you almost have to say, it's okay. And I'm, I'm trying to get to the point where even when he says no, that I say, that's okay. I still trust you. 
I don't know that I'm there yet, <clears throat> but I felt that way, and I was just so thankful that in this instance, we had no business winning this thing. I mean, we're a good team. I get it. Like, that's good. It's not as if we didn't have the skill, but this is a national tournament. <laughs> we don't belong there. We don't belong at the top of the podium, <clears throat> and yet <clears throat> that was a grace, I think, given to us, not because of lack of skill, but just because of, of, uh, of something that he just did that we were all – thankful for and when I walked around at the end of that championship game man uh, there were a lot of teared up dads and like I said before I don't know that I've ever seen that before because when it's your son there's something special about when you see your son succeed and mine's only nine many of you listening you have sons who have succeeded be well beyond that and I I just I want to tell you that I've I, I am starting to understand what it's like. My dad told me once that you never really get what it means to love your kids until you have kids. And now I do. Not because of this weekend. <laughs> Probably sounds that way. Uh, but just because I get it. And the same thing is true on the opposite end. When they fail or they're struggling. Um, I, I've, I've seen that, probably not to the depths that some of you have, but I've seen that enough to know that, man, my heart goes out to you there. And I just pray that, uh, you know, we find the faith together to get through these things when they're not going the way that you want or when maybe even the people in our lives are making bad choices and we see it happening. It's tough. Well, I pray for you. And I just say that as we close out this weekend of Wiggins America holiday season. Thanks for listening. Thanks for indulging me. You know, it's, it's just a personal story, but I wanted to share that with you. Thanks for being here this weekend. You get the podcast by typing in Wiggins America. And I look forward to seeing you next week. Get more at 971talk.com. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.
Arts. <laughs>